Live from Western Kentucky University, capital of the Hilltopper Nation. Whether it's in the locker room or on the field, behind the clipboard or on the court, home or away, we've got you covered. Get ready to enter the Red Zone, your destination for all things sports, right here on Revolution 91.7. And welcome back to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. I am your host, Ryan Gooden, sitting alongside Tory Bowling, Matthew Hargrove, our producer, Caden Gaylord, and Patrick Carey. Guys, March Madness has finally come, and it is here, and what a weekend it was. We started out with a great game on Friday morning uh, with, with Virginia Tech and Florida and ended the day yesterday of round of 64 with another great game of Texas and Abilene Christian. So, uh, Tory, how was your weekend this week? Um, other than my bracket just being absolutely obliterated, it was just a phenomenal weekend. I mean, you had uh, you had the NCAA tournament, played a little golf yesterday, uh, had Mr. Beast today. I mean, just uh, a great, great overall weekend. And it's finally getting warm outside, and so that just makes everything better. I don't know about you, Tori, but I know you said that your bracket's busted. Mine, mine's looking pretty good. I had Oral Roberts winning the whole thing. And they came up with the big win against Ohio State. And then I had Loyola Chicago. I had Loyola Chicago and Oral Roberts in yeah, my championship game. So I'm looking yeah. pretty good. Well, we will get into that later on in the show. But uh, we're going to start off with WKU basketball. Uh, as we know, they are not in the March Madness tournament, NCAA tournament. They unfortunately uh, are in the NIT. But they did play this past Wednesday or Thursday? Wednesday. 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 St. Patrick's Day. Um, and they did beat St. Mary's um, on St. Patrick's Day. It was a very close game, though. It, uh, it started out, it looked like Western was going to pull away towards the second half, um, and then they just kind of almost choked this one away as well. It kind of reminisced of a North Texas uh, loss from earlier, but uh, no Carson Williams for this game. If you haven't heard yet, he is going to try out to be a NFL football player. Um, I, while, while we're on it, what, what do we think about that? I love it. I'm not going to – NIT means nothing to me. So at this point, if you want to, if you have a chance to go play for the NFL, go ahead. Whatever, well, whatever makes him happy. Well, I mean, like, yeah, obviously, whatever he wants to do, and like, I don't mind him whatsoever skipping the NIT. It's pointless. I, it, but like him skipping the NIT and Charles not is kind of surprising to me. But I just, you know, like Matthew said, whatever he wants to do, whatever you want to do in life makes you happy. I'm all for. But like, I, you know. I would think that it would help if you played collegiately in the sport you're trying to go pro in. That's you know, just, do you know the last time when he played football? It was in middle school. Wasn't middle it? school. Yeah, I mean, like I, you know, I hope it works out for him. I hope he becomes the next Antonio Gates and you know well, Tony Gonzalez. But I, I just I don't know fans. if I see. Have it. they said what what he's what position he's trying out for? Tight end, I think, ain't it? I, I have no idea. I just heard that he's going well, to you, do a combine. Ryan, I'm thinking he would be. A pretty go- good alignment. If he put a if he put fifteen more pounds on, he could be one of the fastest guards in the league. Yeah, and be probably pretty I, electric. I think tied in though. I mean, don't. It wouldn't surprise yeah, me if it I was mean, tied like, in. He's a I, big I guy. I could be wrong. Um, and but they were talking about. I thought this was really kind of amazing. They were talking on the NIT broadcast about George Fant, and they said that he was you know he was like six five two. 250 maybe when he was at Western and like, only played basketball, basketball yeah. until his fifth year and then like his first year the NFL maybe or maybe it was a year at Western they played football he got up to 320 pounds so he put on 70 pounds I, I thought that was really incredible but that is, that's kind of gonna would be what Carson's gonna have to Carson do Carson Williams he's already I mean a 
big yeah. man out there on the court. I can't imagine him. What does he weigh now? Two. I don't know. What are we 45. thinking? Two. My guess is two forty. Two forty. I can't imagine that dude putting on getting near three hundred pounds. That well, would be and that's what it takes. That's what it takes if you're going to be an O lineman. You have to be at least near three hundred. So. That's probably why the tight end route is probably uh, going to be better. And also, WKU has him listed at 240. Yeah, putting on an, uh, another 60 pounds, that would just be, that, that would be incredible. That, eat, that would yeah. be an incredible sight to see. Tori, going back to what you said about you're surprised that Charles Bassey is playing in the NIT tournament. Do you think college basketball players, because since you brought that up, Obviously, these NIT games, they don't really mean anything. They're like bowl games. But all the time you see that these big-time players in college football that are going and, you know, they're going to be a pro, they're always skipping out of the bowl games because, again, it doesn't mean much or really anything, just a kind of an accolade for the school. And that's how the NIT is. But you never see yeah. when there is a, a pretty impressive NIT team that has a senior or maybe a junior that's supposed to go to the pros. You never see them sitting yeah. out. And I think it's more prevalent just because like there's only three college football um, bowl games that matter at all. Right. And so like there's going to be like if every other team is in a bowl game that doesn't matter, you're going to have a lot more guys. Whereas in the in the NCAA, um, there's 64 teams in the tournament, and so more than likely, if you're a really good player going in the first round, you're probably going to be in that tournament some way or another. With that being said, I just think it was surprising just because, like, even though it's not very common, I mean, like, I think Jalen Johnson did it for Duke. I mean, like, and, you know, that was kind of a surprise, too. Um, and I don't think it's going to be a trend necessarily. I just I don't see the risk-reward for a guy, especially well, Bassey, who has had a big injury in the past. Well, I, I pray to God that the Jalen Johnson, that doesn't start to be become common because the season wasn't even over yet, and Duke was on the bubble. They still had a chance to make the tournament, and if they would have made it, everyone was saying if maybe they made the Final Four in the ACC or got a big win against Virginia or Florida State, then they would have been an 11 seed and been in a spot like Syracuse where they're, I don't know what the score is, they're putting up a pretty nice matchup against West Virginia. I'm, I'm hoping that Jalen Johnson scenario doesn't become common in the future years. And speaking of the NIT, guys, isn't it frustrating when you go from a conference championship and your your, your boy Tavion Hollingsworth can't find a bucket and in the first game of the NIT he drops 21 points on almost 50% shooting? I mean, that is that was driving me crazy. Yeah. Well, so we'll get into the to the stats a little bit here. Charles had 19-11, just a typical uh, Charles game, but like you said Tavion with 21 and that those were the two leading scorers and that's how it should have been in that North Texas game, let alone the entire conference champion or tournament. Uh, and it just didn't feel like Tavion had, uh, I don't want to say the guts, but he, he just didn't take the shots that he, you felt like he needed to um, in that conference tournament. So it's, it is frustrating, but at least he finally got the message just a little bit and, too And late. he put up a lot of shots. He put up 15, and Jordan Rawls went one for 11. But you would have a, a situation, it's good to see from this Hilltopper team, that in that conference tournament, especially in that championship game, you couldn't get nobody to score. And when you have Jordan Rawls, who he has earned that respect to take 11 shots. And if he's struggling, you continue to. Because he showed that he can be the go-to man for this Hilltopper team at Bassing Hauling. Hollingsworth is struggling, but it was really nice to see that when Jordan Rawls, the guy who's been arguably playing the best basketball on the offensive side for Western Kentucky, when he's struggling, the supposed to go-to guys were stepping up. Well, and, and yet another sight of uh, the best player on the opposite team, 
just getting whatever he wants as Tommy uh, Kuse or Kuse, whatever his name is, had 17 points but 11 assists, and he looked like the best player other than Charles on the floor that night. Um, so it's just Western Kentucky and their defense on, on the other team's best player continues to be a struggle. Uh, but they did squeak by with a win at 60, uh, 69-67. Yeah, and we night. thought it might be another WKU meltdown uh, there towards the end. And, like, it just – I, you know, I never did think that WKU was going to lose that game, but they had to make some big plays towards the end. And, I mean, like, yeah, it's nice to see them uh, coming up clutch and making those big plays. It just kind of frustrates you as well just because, you know, where was that a week ago? Right. Well, and the one you're referring to is um, St. Mary's came down. I think there was about uh, under a minute left, and they hit a big-time three to go up two. And then out of all people, Josh Anderson makes a play – and uh, gets the ball to Charles for a dunk, and that's you're just like, I mean, up seven last week, and you and you can't even get the ball down the floor without turning it over. It just it's really frustrating, especially with the turnover battle because Western Kentucky only had four turnovers, St. Mary's had ten, and that was another problem in that conference championship game. Well, they do play again on Thursday night. They play La Tech, a you know conference opponent. They played them twice. They split the series. Um, is there any Western Kentucky actually is? not even favored in this game. They have a 41% chance to win. I mean, La Tech, I don't really know if there's a way that Western Kentucky can lose this game. I feel like this is a better matchup than St. Mary's. I agree, and I think that I think WK will win, and I think as we're seeing, um, maybe Conference USA should start being like, like the A-10 that gets multiple bids. Like uh, some of these other like smaller conferences that get multiple bids because, I mean, you see North Texas, who I still don't think is that great. I mean, they beat Purdue in the first round. WKU, obviously a great team. Uh, La Tech obviously had a great season. UAB was really good for a while. I mean, like, I think we're going to have to start talking at some point as to why Conference USA isn't a two-bid league. And they try to go into that little pod play or whatever to try and make that happen. But um, I, I think that's a reasonable question. I mean, the Missouri Valley had two teams that made it this year. I, I just want to know why WK or why Conference USA hasn't gotten that respect in the past few years, even though they're a bigger conference than maybe like Missouri Valley or the OVCU's had two bids before. Yeah, because when we were watching that Purdue-North Texas game, I was thinking probably a lot of you, probably all you guys were thinking if this was Western Kentucky, I think they would be right there with Purdue. I think they would be in a nice matchup against Villanova. Same for La Tech. And if you have three teams that were kind of near the bubble, La Tech, they they had to, North Texas and La Tech definitely had to win yeah. the conference to get in, but still very competitive in the conference tournament. This is the most going back, the NIT. I really don't care. Uh, don't get me wrong. If Western Kentucky puts up an NIT championship billboard, a sign, and diddle, that would be great. But I would rather, and again, all of you would agree with me, I would rather Western Kentucky go dancing in March in the March Madness Tournament and get beat by 32 no Purdue no than go and win the NIT championship because – Making it to a tournament that matters, besides making it to a tournament that doesn't matter, there's a huge and, and the whole vibe of just watching them on that March Madness court and just like oh, seeing just seeing just the the craziness go hearing, on. Hearing it, maybe if they get Jim Nance on the call saying hello, yeah. friends, just just something like <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, it would just or be Marv Albert saying you know send it in, big fella. Right? <laughs> send, <laughs> send it in, in big fella. Yeah. Well, and I, I do think the problem with Conference USA is that they do this division thing. So if 
I think that if, if they just went by seeding and say Western Kentucky was one or two and UAB was like one or two, they would meet in the championship game instead of the semifinals, which hurts did, UAB. They only did that this year. They only did this. They the only division? did that this yeah. year. Yeah, but it still doesn't help them. I mean, yeah. if you have UAB and Western Kentucky, which are the two best teams in Conference USA, playing on the same side of the bracket, who does that help? Yeah, and Matthew, I think that WKU would agree with your analysis that you'd rather be in the tournament than the IT because if you just like watched your Twitter account this week, it, it was all like, "Well, we're hurting, but we're hurting together." I mean, they were still yeah, they, yeah, were, they but, were depressed all week. But for week. the players, yeah, even if we were playing for Western Kentucky, I know it's the NIT, but. For a lot of the guys on the team, this is their last chance to play for the Hilltoppers, so they're yeah. going to give it their all. Yeah. This is the most important game now of the season for Western Kentucky because since they are playing a conference rival, Western Kentucky goes from, oh, this team, we're talking about top 25. They're going to blow through Conference USA. They're going to get a championship. Heck, they may make the Sweet 16. If they go from all that talk to the beginning of the season – to losing in the conference championship, kind of being underwhelming during conference play, and then to find out you're not even one of the best two teams in your conference, you end up getting beat by La Tech. That is, that, that's an embarrassing season for me if I'm a Western Kentucky fan. Especially since North Texas is the one who beat La Tech, and you lost to them already, so that's just, that's just you know, salt in the wound. Uh, but not a not a good look. Go check out the game Thursday night, I believe. Um, I believe it's like a late o'clock. It, it should be a good one. Two conference foes. Nine p.m. late game, but it should. Am be. Am I the only one that found it really mean? They're making WK play at North Texas. Like, yeah, that's, I saw that's, that. That's mean. I, well, Is that game at North Texas? Not Tech and I, Western Kentucky. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Because that would the be, NIT yeah. tournament is also held in North. What Texas What would be Stadium. worse if North Texas? Because I. Say they get beat by Villanova, North Texas just in there, you know, watching the game with their March Madness shirts on and everything. Yeah. They, have, they have the trophy as those two. Are, that would just be disrespectful. Well, we will talk about other WKU sports when we come back. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. Keeping you up to date on Western Kentucky sports, you're in the Red Zone right here on Revolution 91.7. And welcome back to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. I am your host. You hit that right. You hit that right on the beat. I tell you what, I was waiting it was, on that. It was going low, and then just welcome back, and then the the, the chorus. It's Radio 101. Yeah, we're just we just put it on a clinic of <laughs> after when we were you know it was probably every you know three minutes or so when we we're making picks last year for our March Madness yeah. tournament. There was a there was a ton of dead air. Yeah, I, but other than that, I mean, we, I'm good at transitions, uh, intros, and Ryan's good at coming in. I mean, like, and Hargrove has every analogy in the book, so yeah, we so. we cover all aspects of the game here. Um, but we're gonna move to WKU baseball. Oh, r- real quick, do you remember when I said another day, another dollar? Yeah, I kind of, I kind of regret that. And you I, brought it up again. I, I just, I don't know. I just that's I, just gonna I'm get sorry. you. Just, yeah, just, just gonna get fired. Just go. um, <laughs> we're gonna talk about WKU baseball. They've kind of struggled yet again this year. Um, as of today, I believe they are ten and nine on the season now. I think they did yep. win the day. Uh, Patrick, you've been a, a apparently a few games this week. Yeah, weekend. I actually cover their games now for the social media department. Oh, okay. So then let's let's talk to you about what's going on with the baseball team then. Well, today actually was a pretty crazy game because in the first two innings they traded runs, so it was one to one going into the third. Nobody scored, but then going into the fourth, 
Uh, WK actually scored, let me think, 10 runs in the bottom of the fourth today, and it felt like every single pitch they were hitting it, and there was even a grand slam in the bottom of the fourth, and it was it was just wild. So they actually won today 11-1, to finished up the series 2-1 to against Valpo uh, to go 10-9 and so far this year. Now, I think it was um, Jake... Jake or Jack yeah. Wilson, who hit yep. that grand slam. Yep. Uh, but the hitting has never been the problem for Western Kentucky. As right. we've always talked right. about, it's been the pitching. And uh, I ran a little bit of a stats myself earlier today, just being the you know well prepared man that I am. Listen to this. You're going to love this, Mr. Bowling. Um, if you don't count the Bowling Green series, which they've dominated um, this year, which is four games out of the, uh, well, I guess 19. at that point it was 18, 18. When, I, when I ran the stat. Um, they are, the pitching has allowed almost seven runs a game on average. I mean, that's the tail of the tape. For the the, the fact that yeah. they're 10 and 9 over yeah. 500 is impressive. And well, there was a few weeks ago, or maybe last week, they played Bowling Green, and it was 17 to 16. That was the final <laughs> score. And, I mean, I swear to you, they went through like 35 pitchers. I didn't even know there was that many people on the roster for <laughs> WKU. It was ridiculous. Well, if you add that. The, that series in, it only drops to 6.5, which they had two games where they only gave up one run. Yeah. Obviously, today will help with 11-1, to but, I mean, the pitching for this team has always been the problem, and we talked about the coaching staff and how it was supposed to be better in the next few years, and it just – it ever since I've been at Western Kentucky, they have never been able to pitch a ball. Yeah, maybe uh, they should go down the road to uh, the friendly neighbors of the Vanderbilt Commodores and ask them <laughs> what they're doing down there because they just, like, breed pitchers. Now, I mean, Jack Lauder, 16 strikeout, no hitter yesterday. Just unbelievable. I think it helps that they are uh, possibly ranked and, you know, maybe the best. <laughs> yeah, don't get me wrong. Vanderbilt has some great coaching, but also helps when you've won two national championships and you can have – Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter, who is a son of a former MLB pitcher who just threw a no-hitter, nine innings, uh, 16 strikeouts for the freshman. Unreal. And they played Vanderbilt early in the year, lost 12-1. to It's going to – the pitching, again, we've been talking about it every time it just comes up. The hitting is what really makes this team go. And if they want to really compete against – these big-time teams, they're at Louisville on Tuesday, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see a final score of, of 10-7 to 7 or something like that. And and pitching wins you big ball games. We've seen it in the MLB postseason. We've seen it in the College World Series. If you don't have pitching, you're not going to win. That is so true. But uh, we're going to switch over to the women's side, WKU softball. They are actually having a good season. They are 13-4 on the season. Uh, and two of their four losses were against number 18 Mississippi State. So – you know, ranked opponents there, so you give that a pass. You're, you're 13 and two on the year, and, and you're playing well. And they play one of those games really close. Um, but they play Kentucky on Wednesday. That was a rescheduled game from last week because of rain. And uh, it should be interesting to see how this, how if they can even get 20 to 30 wins this year, because they have a lot of left on the schedule. Well, Kentucky is a uh, very good team right now. Uh, they actually just swept Missouri today. Uh, they're uh, I don't think they played many games at WKU. I think they're maybe ten and two this season, two and zero in the SEC right now. So uh, Kentucky, very formidable opponent right now. And sticking, we're going to cover all sports here, but sticking um, with women's, but instead going to the court, we're going to talk about volleyball as they are still dominating every aspect of the game. Um, they are ranked twentieth right now, and they just beat West Virginia three to one. Um, I mean, they just—I don't think they've given up two sets all year. They haven't. So no, I'm they, just they've, they've that given up two. Oh well, yeah. I mean, I mean, in a game, in a, in a singular no, yeah, game, haven't. but over the entire entirety of the season, they've given up three. 
two or three sets over the entire year. I'm just hoping that somehow they let the tournament where different schools, where they, they don't make a bubble for the volleyball tournament and Western can host another tournament game because last year against Louisville, I mean, was we, it last year? We talk about it yes. every time. Oh, my yeah, gosh. It was, it was unbelievable. Election. And this team is even better. And they took a really good Louisville team all the way to, to the fifth set. So, uh, a game with this team and a crowd, I know it wouldn't be full capacity, but it would feel like it for a tournament game. Well, and they have four games left in conference before the conference tournament starts. But, Kane, do you remember what seed they were last year um, in that first-round matchup? 15 overall. So, with like, them being 20 ranked in the nation right now, I'm assuming they get a better seed than last year, correct? Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe. I mean, they've in the rankings, they've gone up and then they've gone down after they won. So it just depends on how much respect, uh, you know. The and maybe due to the competition aspect, yeah. uh, being a Conference USA. But is Rossi good again this year? I actually don't know. I'll look that up real quick, though. But um, Quick update for you. Syracuse 74, West Virginia 72, yeah. four seconds left. I'm watching that game right now while trying to do this. It's, it's very <laughs> intriguing. As uh, It took me a while to get off my couch today. To come to this, do this show, I'm uh, watching the Buddy Bayheims go at it. But um, do we think that WKU volleyball can make a deep run in in the NCAA tournament this year? Can they? Yeah, it's just a matter of getting over that hump. I mean, you had the yeah. um, the heartbreak. Uh, me and Matthew's freshman year at UK, they were up two sets to nothing, and then uh, end up blowing it to UK at UK. Um, and then the heartbreaking loss to Louisville last year. It obviously can be done, but it's just a matter of. of um, if this team can get over that first-round hump. Yeah, and it's going to come against probably a Power 5 school. And, and that's really the story for any mid-major school that wants to earn respect. Getting over that hump means can you consistently beat Power 5 schools? And once they get past that first round, maybe you're looking in the next maybe year or two that maybe Western can make an Elite Eight or obviously as a fan, I'm going to say Final Four. Um, but no, Rice is good this year. They're thirteen and four. They're not ranked, but that's just because they've had a hard schedule. They've lost to Houston, SNU, and six ranked Baylor, mm. and they played Texas on Tuesday. So, well, Whoa. Travis Hudson has their his work cut out for him. Um, but we're gonna take another quick break. When we come back. We have all day to uh, talk real about quick, March Madness. Real quick, I want to say one more. WKU big news. I've been covering the women's golf team for the Herald and. Graduate Mary Joyner, she took her extra year of eligibility and she was on fire in their last tournament. It was the spring break shootout. She broke the WKU 18 and 36 hole record, shooting a 69 on day one and then a 65 on day two. She finished tied for third in the tournament, shooting a 208 in three days. I think the par was a 71. So, what, two under the first day and then that 65? six under and then she shot a 74 on day three but mary joiner one of the best women's golfers that you will ever see here on the hill well and as we were just talking about that um syracuse hit the first shot they were they're up three points uh misses the second free throw with about four seconds left and then west virginia traveled before they took a half court shot so syracuse will move on to the sweet 16 yet again as a as a upper 10 seed and higher they just they get it done when it's tournament time. And we will talk about the rest of the tournament when we come back as you listen to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. Keeping you up to date on Western Kentucky sports, you're in the Red Zone right here on Revolution 91.7. I get no 
And welcome back to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. Again, I'm your host, Ryan Benton, sitting alongside his toy bowling, Matthew Hargrove, Caden Gaylord, and Patrick Carey. And what a weekend it was, guys. Uh, Upset City is what what my man Dickie V would call it, as uh, it was just nothing but – I mean, I think this is the most seeds that I've ever won in the NCAA tournament ever. Yeah, and I uh, I got a quick uh, WK Red Zone Radio Tournament Challenge update for everybody. Um, This should be good. Uh, Little C's number one. I don't know who that is. But, I think uh, that's Connor Donau. He works for Extra Point. Okay, all right. Well, he is number one. Um, and then Hunter Steinmiller, number two. I'm number three, but I will not finish there because uh, my max amount of points is like a lot less than everybody else just because Winthrop is a Final Four team for me. <laughs> and then uh, Illinois is my champion, and so they got beat today. And then uh, Matthew Hargrove, number four, and then uh, – uh, but I'm in I'm in the same boat yeah, because you're the same my boat. champion is out, and then yeah. West Virginia, who I had going to the Final Four, just lost. Yeah. So. Well, as for my bracket, I mean, I think I had – I'm looking at it right now. I had uh, Illinois, obviously they lost, as we talked about. Uh, North Carolina, which they lost in the first round, very good pick. Uh, Florida State and Gonzaga, still got that one. So those two are safe. We'll see about what happens. But I Wait, you Gonzaga. had North Carolina in the Final Four? Yeah, don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. Technically, I'm projected to still win because I had the most amount of points to get. Who's your, who's your final four, Caden? Uh, it was Gonzaga, Illinois, um, Alabama, and Baylor. Okay. That Baylor pick's looking, it's looking pretty good yeah, right they, now. They, they looked really good, good against Wisconsin. I know yeah. Wisconsin's. Yeah, I thought Winthrop would give them all they could handle. but um, <laughs> Well, they had they had. Turns that, out uh, you got to beat Villanova first. Well, <laughs> You know, Tori, I, I know you were complaining a, a lot about the referees in that game. There yeah, was a lot I mean, of charges yeah. called by that one ref, and <laughs> you thought well, that and he if, was just calling him to be on TV. If Burns uh, didn't get in foul trouble, I mean, it's a, it's a totally different game. You, you know that. So, <laughs> and they're in there, you know. Point guard, triple-double machine. One-handed Can't shooter. Can't shoot the ball. Oh I didn't know that. Well, all right, so I, I picked Winthrop to go to the Final Four because, you know, why not? And, yeah. uh, and we were all, <laughs> It's we, March. We were all sitting there Friday night, and um, and someone asked me, so, so have you watched Winthrop? I said, no, I've watched about three minutes of them all year. They're going, <laughs> they're going to the and, Final and Four. You, and, and you told him, when he was making his bracket, apparently you told him, this is a lock. Yeah, go go bet on No, seriously, I said, this is the lock of the century. Winthrop... Not not to go to the final four, but to win against Villanova. That was a lock of the century. But um, I think most that was the yeah. one uh, upset that everybody seemed to have. That one in yep. Col- everybody yep. loved Colgate. <laughs> yeah, I was actually kind of in on Colgate. I mean, they were up thirteen in the first half. Yeah, they thirty three like to nineteen, yeah. and then Arkansas. Yeah, they just they woke up and started playing defense. It's I not even that they just stopped playing basketball. Yeah. Another one was Ohio over Virginia. I feel yeah. like that was yeah. a lot. I had that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. everybody uh, liked that pick. Virginia's awful. I mean, they <laughs> so bad. They are horrible. Horrible. Are they we going to start talking about Tony Bennett and not his coaching, but his coaching style? Because that will not work. And I don't think he realizes it. But that obviously, if Purdue doesn't choke away that that Final Four appearance, Virginia doesn't have a now, title. Now you're you say that Jay Wright is a little overrated. Yes, I'm on the same boat with Tony Bennett. Yeah. a little bit. I just think his play style is is so 1945. It's ridiculous. The yeah. fact that you. You're under 50 points a game, but you hold your opponents under 30. So, like, that's your mentality. You're basically banking on the fact that you're going to shoot, like, 60% from the field. And if you don't, then, like, you're just not going to win. Well, you take up 30 – And that's just – 29 seconds of the shot clock, and then you throw up a, a Hail Mary and hope it goes in, and then you play really solid defense on yeah. the other side. And then we'll update on our bracket challenge. Um Let's see. Patrick lost Texas and West Virginia and San Diego State. He Wait, has, what the? <laughs> <laughs> he, he, has, he has Gonzaga and Colorado left. Um, 
Hey, those are good picks right now. I have everybody left except Illinois. Matthew has everyone left. Yeah, he, yeah, you have everyone left. Um, wait, wait. West Virginia and Texas so. both thought, lost. Yeah, you have you have Michigan, Oklahoma State, Florida State, UConn. My UConn, bad. UConn's yeah. gone. My bad. Uh, Ryan yeah, has bad. Uh, he he took a hard hit. He has Baylor and Ohio left, and then uh, Caden has everyone except Missouri left. I should have took Loyola. I don't know why I didn't. Yeah, respect seriously, Sister no one Jean. picked Loyola. Yeah, that was tough. It, I'm right. Honestly, it was the heat of the moment. I think we all were just. Well, I think it's because. All of a sudden, that Illinois Loyola wasn't going to beat Illinois. So, well, that and I, I thought that they were going to get beat by Georgia Tech, but then Moses Wright yep. got COVID. Honestly, not that the, I'm not saying it would have changed the outcome, but that that was a huge blow. Yeah, obviously, your best player coming out, but Georgia Tech looked good still in the middle of that game, and I thought you know there might be a run here that, that Georgia Tech could go on and, and put this game away. Uh, but Loyola Chicago, we'll get into this, to the day one real quick just to clear everything up because we've been everywhere. Um, it started out with you know the the Wisconsin or no, I'm sorry Wisconsin game was second. It started out with the Virginia Tech Florida game, which went into overtime. Great game. Um, Trey Mann just kind of took over at the end there. He looks like a good player, but Virginia Tech had multiple opportunities. They came back and hit that three to, to force in the overtime, and then overtime they just they didn't I mean, score. It that was like. the first game of the tournament, and like yeah, it was that crazy. And so. it ended perfectly too with Abilene yeah. Christian. If Oral Roberts didn't beat Ohio State, that Texas, a lot of people had Texas going very far in yep. the tournament. Yes, so yes, Abilene Christian getting that win, that was <laughs> that was unreal. Well, and then Wisconsin, obviously they dominated uh, North Carolina, which was they Wisconsin just shot lights out. I mean they did not miss. Uh, one seeds took care of business, but then here comes Upset City. And we'll read you the list because it is it is lengthy. 15, Oral Roberts beats Ohio State. We've talked about it. Number 11, Syracuse, the Buddy Bayheims. They beat San Diego State, and they shot just as well as Wisconsin did the first time. Uh, 13, North Texas over Purdue. That one stings a lot because if you think about it, that should be where Western Kentucky was supposed They're to be. They're still not good. North Texas. <laughs> yeah, you can't convince me anybody well, other than the Hamlet on that team. Here is the, the dilemma for Mr. Tully Bowling is that he has – North Texas and Villanova playing, and he hates Jay Wright, and he hates North Texas, so one of them has to win. Well, and I'm mad because that should be the Winthrop game. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's definitely not watching that game. (laughs) That and the fact that he's vividly explained how Jay Wright has never gotten out of the round of 32, and yet... It, if there's a way to do it, it's going to be to beat North Texas. That's, that's going to make me mad, too. If it's, he, he has to beat North Texas to go to, to Sweet 16 in a year. Well, he might win the title this year, I guess. Then. I mean, that's what he does. He gets out of the round 32, he wins the title. Um, number 12, Oregon won. In, or, or, I'm sorry. Number 12, Oregon State beat uh, Tennessee. Um, that was just – Matthew hates to see that because he did not like Oregon State at all. He told me specifically to take Tennessee. I don't, I don't like Tennessee either, and I – Tennessee I feel might be the so worst program in history. That I live in a state that just can't get a successful sports team except for Vanderbilt baseball. The Titans choke every year. And, the Predators and respectfully, choke. like I care, but ninety-nine percent of people do not care about collegiate baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. the thing. I, I guess a sport that people are going to care about the for major the entire form. season. Yeah. No one watches college baseball until the college until World Omaha, Series. Yeah. They don't even watch. Don't even watch the beginning of the tournament. There's yep. a there's a full on tournament. There's yep. regionals and anything. No one cares until it gets to Omaha. So yep. Titans, Predators, UT Vols, and that that's also just a perfect like synopsis of what college baseball is. Is that their World Series is in Nebraska? Like, yeah. that, like it's just like what in the world? But yeah, well, Memphis Grizzlies, Memphis too. Grizzlies, yeah. Um, 
and then finally to to end the the upset seed, number ten Rutgers over Clemson. Not not the biggest upset, but still good enough in the seedings. That yeah, that game, <laughs> that game. Do you think more people would watch a random, you know, first round of the College World Series in Omaha, Nebraska, or Rutgers Clemson? Rutgers, Rutgers Clemson. Well, I did not care about Rutgers Clemson. I did see a cool story though about um, how there's a guy for Clemson. Or my bad, Rutgers. They, they play Houston today. And uh, one of the dads uh, played for uh, Five Slamma Jamma, like the famous Houston teams that won okay. the championship. That's awesome. so, so little, that was kind of cool, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I, I was interested in that game just because it was the last leg in my parlay. So it needed that one for Rutgers. Uh, but then Oklahoma State looked terrible against Liberty. Yeah. Uh, Kay Cunningham it's a tough, struggled. It's a tough struggle. But they did pull it out. So at this point, you hope that if Kay Cunningham finds his feet, then they'll be, they'll I mean, be fine. And you have to think so against. You have to think they're going to be Oregon State. Yeah, and I mean you don't they, have. I mean they, Oregon State. Oregon State's hot. hot at the right time. Now, I mean, obviously Loyola is good, but like Kate Cunningham has a legit good shot and probably should go to the Elite Eight. As crazy as that sounds. Well, and they they have a, a start. We talked about it uh, last week, but Avery Anderson and and Isaac Likely, they just they have better. They have players that you don't realize that are that good. Yeah. Um, but just a great great day one of college basketball. Everybody's brackets were done, especially after the Ohio State game. I'm that right. Oh, we have an Ohio State friend that came down. And he was devastated. Uh, he, yeah. Uh, Dwayne Washington did terrible. He, like, Choked. Sold. Did someone not say, "Hey, man, <laughs> let's stop shooting it every time down the court"? Like, or give okay? the ball to your best player in EJ Liddell and well, let him did go you to see work. the death threats he got. That's horrible. Uh, yeah. That. Especially I don't him, understand. Like, he did not play bad. Like uh, they're talking about the free throw. He's the reason they missed. were in the game. Yeah, seriously. I just don't understand that. How you could just you sit behind a phone after you watch a game of your favorite team, most likely, yep. is the only reason you're even talking about that. And then you give him death threats because he missed a free throw in a in a college basketball game. Yep. Like that has no effect on your life one way or another. And I guarantee, obviously, if if you're in person, he's not not even close to no. saying that near no. EJ Liddell. It's just it's absurd. Um, but we're going to take another quick break, and after that we're going to go to day two, which is just as good as day one uh, of the March Madness bracket as you're listening to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. Talking all things Tapper Sports, you're listening to Red Zone on Revolution 91.7. Hey, welcome back to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. We were talking about Winthrop yet again as, as Mr. Bowling just can't get over the fact that they lost as he has convinced everyone, his entire family and friends, to literally, put them in the final Literally, four. if I saw you this week in person, I was like, hey, who you got in the Winthrop Villanova game? Like, uh, you should pick Winthrop. <laughs> That's what I was doing. He oh, acted wait. like he was a scout for the Winthrop. Uh, I don't know what they are. You, you ruined a lot of brackets. And I, I watched them for maybe uh, three minutes of a stretch. I might have watched them three minutes in the Big South Championship game. Play probably, you know, a team that's two games over 500. Yeah, they killed them, so I turned the channel. So <laughs> <laughs> well, we will get into day two, which, I mean, March Madness, there is no great day because uh, they're all fantastic. It started out with the the – the classic Groves brothers of Eastern Washington taking on Kansas, and I fell in love with them so quickly as they had, I believe in the first half, they each had 20 uh, out of the 50 points that they had somewhere in the, along the line of that game. Tanner Groves and Jacob Groves, I hope you transfer to Western because they were they were electric in that Eastern Washington game. Kansas just looked not great at all. Um, I They don't have a shooting enough to, to make it for Well, them. okay. 
Kansas, Miles. they put up 93 points. And you have to remember in March Madness, when you get a high seed like a 3-14, and 14, look at the rest of the games that we've had. They have been really close They've games. Been rock it really pots. doesn't matter. And the point of the tournament is to advance and survive. And all that mattered was Kansas got hot late. So... To put up 93 points against an Eastern Washington team that was playing good against them, I wouldn't say Kansas just looked awful. Well, I, 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 I think Kansas. I, just, I don't. I just don't know who Kansas is going to go too late to get a bucket. And, yeah, and like that, I, that's their problem. And like I get they beat Eastern Washington. That's great and all, but I just you know it's it is surviving advance. But I just don't see who their go to guy is like. Well, that and the fact that if you have you have one big man in McCormick and you're about to play USC, who has three quality guys. You better hope that McCormick does not get in foul trouble, or else that game will be ugly quick. That, that McCormick Mobley matchup will it'll be, be good. It'll be pretty interesting. It'll just see. It'll test Mobley to see if he, yes, if see he's how ready. tough he is. Yeah. Because Mobley, he is kind of a skinny a guy. Skinnier guy. Yeah. Uh, but again, the one sees take care of business. Nobody cared about Gonzaga when they played whoever they played, Norfolk State, I believe. Um, Iowa and Alabama kind of had close ones for a two seed, obviously for not Ohio State, but Iona. Was kind of pushing Alabama to the limit. Rick Pitino just gets his guys going. I tell you what, if if Indiana's looking for a coach, go get Rick Pitino because that guy yeah, that guy they, knows how to coach. They just couldn't make shots down the stretch, and then Alabama just you know their their defense really heat up. But yeah, that that was fun for a few minutes. There. I think it was tied with ten minutes left, yeah. and then yeah, well, they Alabama had a lead. They had run. a lead with like twelve minutes left. I think yeah. so. Um, and then he, he like Rick. I looked it up. Uh, I was thinking Rick Pitino has to be eighty four years old, and he's like sixty six. <laughs> I, I impre- and he's taken five teams to the tournament now. I, yeah. I know you probably hate hearing this, but he's a fun coach to watch. I've got to where I like Patino. I do too, yeah. actually. I mean, it's like, just fun to watch on the sidelines. And he, he literally every everything that comes out of his mouth is a lie. So it's just kind of funny to listen to him. Like, <laughs> and was like, he was it, he wearing a was he wearing a suit? He was for their he game. Was wearing a suit. Yeah, he's got to be the only college and, like, basketball coach. It's so clear he dyes his hair. Like it's it's like jet black. You, know, like, you don't he, think it's natural. <laughs> It, there's a 0% chance of that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, well, some other uh, upsets happened yesterday. Uh, five seeds hang on. We saw Creighton and USCB. I think I said that right. USCB? UC Santa Barbara. So UCSB? Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I always get that confused. The, the fighting gauchos, if you will, um, they put up a fight against Creighton, and Creighton just looks – Maybe like the worst five seed that we've seen. In well, they're probably still so mad at their coach. Yeah, <laughs> not our topic to get into. <laughs> Again, uh, though, you see Santa Barbara. That that was another pick where you know, like the Ohio pick and the Winthrop, where yeah. a lot of people were going with Santa Barbara. So, and it wasn't a bad one. I mean, they they played them really close. It came down to the end there. Missed the layup. Honestly, if the big guy goes up strong, they win. Oh yeah, well, he was kind of like he just tried to away. finesse. Yeah, it. He yeah. Tried if, to finesse he, if he it. goes Looking up for the strong, foul call, yeah. and maybe he maybe he did. It was yeah. like it was kind of ticky tack. I've, I've watched the. F- I've watched but if replay. He goes up strong, you win. You can't. You cannot call that at the end of that game. That's you have to finish that. Um, also, another five seed, Colorado. Yeah, a lot of people were picking Georgetown. Colorado's a good team. I wasn't picking they, Georgetown. They have some senior leadership. McKinley writes the real deal, and they were hitting threes. They're not going to do that again against Florida State, but that Colorado-Florida State game, you know, kind of 
kind of watch out. I know I'm a Pac-12 guy, but just kind of watch know what? Actually, out. Actually, I meant to say this. Shout out Pac-12. They're 5-0 and get, so far. Can we get a round of applause <laughs> for Tory? Not even the Pac-12 playing well. Tory Bowling just mentioning the I, Pac-12 on the show. I can mean, we get a I high said, five? I said I, I said, I have to give Matthew credit. And the, UCLA, this, 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 former Kentucky yes, player, Johnny, Johnny Juzang, Juzang yeah. was just going, going off. And he had Jaime Hotkez. He was looking good. He had the yeah, he he's dunk great. Oregon with the uh, big 86 wait, 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 wait. win over Iowa. One to nothing. One to nothing. I forgot. Uh, yeah, VCU got COVID. So I, I saw a picture today. It was from Barstool USC, and it was this meme of everyone putting in their hand, and, and they put the Pac-12 logos over each hand. And, and you had Colorado, and you had UCLA, but Oregon's was a wooden stick because you know and it just kind of. Yeah, I, I want to make sure to give Matthew credit. Uh, the Pac-12 is five and zero. They're they're still not the conference of champions, but uh, not not, e- not, not even yet, close. But uh, good for the Pac-12. Me, me and Ryan were looking it up today. The last Pac-12 national championship was 1997. So I think you, I think you should hold off on the conference. Conference of champions. Of champions. When it's been 24 years. Who was that? Arizona, Arizona. Okay, yeah, yeah. against well, Kentucky, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Well, and the worst part is, is that we looked up. You know, we looked up the same thing. ACC and Big East have dominated the last 10 years. Ever since Kentucky won, it's been it's been strictly Big East, Villanova, and those are the only two, and then ACC, Duke, North Carolina, Virginia. That's it. Big, but I, but Big Ten you, hasn't won one since Michigan State won in 2000, and Big 12 hasn't won one since Kansas won in 2008. Yeah. So wow. nobody except for the ACC really deserves that title. Well, the Big Ten is just laying eggs once again. Yeah, they, I mean. <laughs> but, I, but I tell you what, if, if we can get a, a Final Four looking at the bracket, the teams that are still alive, if we can get, you know – Oregon. Oh my gosh. If we can get Oregon from the west and then Colorado gets hot in the east, Oregon State, you know, they continue their stretch in the Midwest. And is there a Pac 12 team still alive in the south? I hope not. Uh, we'll throw, who's the closest out west that's still in it? We got uh, North Texas. Is Abilene Christian out there? That's in ten- the, Texas. Texas. North yeah, Te- I, I know, they're the, I know, they're the farthest out yeah, west yeah. of the teams that are still alive. So if we can get, you know, a Oregon, Colorado, Oregon State, and North Texas. Final Four. I think I'd be pretty pleased. Well, we mentioned it earlier, but <laughs> that UCLA team looks scary. Yeah, UCLA. For this 11C, they beat uh, BYU. Not that BYU was I, – I had whoever won that 11 game between Michigan State and UCLA, they were going to beat BYU. And you don't like Matt Harms? I'm going to be honest. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> and if UCL, Go ahead, Tori. Uh, I just said he's awful. Uh, <laughs> he's terrible. You are right. And if you, Good if thing you UCLA, to he's just soft. It's seven three. Charmin soft. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, gracious. Yeah. And, and if UCLA, I see him beating Abilene Christian. I can see him if they continue what they've been doing and beating Alabama and getting to the Elite Eight. Yeah, let's mention Abilene Christian one more time real quick. Their defense, oh my goodness, like they just they they don't let you buy them. Like they and, and they need to because they're off. That was a. Terrible offensive. Yeah, game, it was right? a rock fight to say the least. But um, in that little little point guard with the M one at the end, and then what about the guy fifty eight percent free throw shooter coming up and hitting two uh, clutch no free throws? Yes, very, oh, very I, like, I thought there was no chance he was gonna hit both those. He was just I staring mean, at the rim. Easy. No, he was staring at the rim, thinking, "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh!" Like here I am. Like I, I didn't think there was any chance, but he stood stood up there and just sunk him. I thought when Texas hit the late three, though, yeah, I, I, thought, was I like, thought that was okay, a dagger. That, it's yeah. over. Yeah. Evelyn Christian's going to come down, get turnover yeah. or something. Well, and that um, that Ohio game, Jason Preston looks like a fantastic – that was the yeah. kid I was talking about when I said Ohio was a great pick, and you guys looked at me like, like I was, you know, a little off my whacker. Yeah. But 
Jason Preston was averaging almost, I think he was top five in scoring, and yet he almost had a triple-double in that game yeah, and, and didn't really um, score the ball. And they had another uh, number kid, three. I know yeah, exactly what you're kid with about. the flow going yeah. on. Uh, he was draining threes. Uh, I was so happy to see it because, again, Virginia's awful. Oh, so, so you like the flow, but if, if Crudwick comes out there with a mustache, you're not a big no, fan of that? No, because that's legit good hair, and Crudwick is a <laughs> 20-some-year-old man going bald. So, yeah, like I would much rather see the flow than Crudwick any day of the week. And Sister Jean up there, like, barely clapping. Like, if I was on the <laughs> Illinois team, if I was on the Illinois team, I would just hate myself right now because I lost to a guy that looked like that. Uh, he was dossing like, them up. Yeah. I mean, he was <laughs> harping them like a Thanksgiving turkey. Like it, it was, was bad. Just, it, was, it was incredible. Honestly, they just they were coming off screens, and yeah. he was just at they, the free throw line, and his passing was it was so great that if you got behind. Yep. Your yep. guy, yep. easy layup. No joke, they would, they would literally just run around. They would run around. And if him. nothing was working, he'd just go, couple pump fakes, and he, a little hook shot. He hooks every time. Every time. Over yeah. the over, <laughs> yeah, over yeah. the right shoulder. Yeah, he hooks every time. But, and it's unstoppable. But they, I mean, that coach for Loyola Chicago, he might be getting some looks pretty soon. Honestly, Indiana agreed. should stop focusing on guys like Brad Stevens and Rick Pitino, and they should start looking at guys. Nobody like wants to go to Indiana. Seriously, <laughs> I, they they should start looking at like Loyola Chicago's coach and some and guys like maybe Chris Beard. I don't know if he'll leave there, but um, there's a now is a really good time, honestly, to have a coaching vacancy because there's a lot of good candidates out there. There is, and you might have John Beeline coming back because he he did an awful job with the Cavs. So. I'm good. I'm good. I don't, You're not a big G- big line guy. I mean, like he he wins games, but like I just I don't know if he's like today's. I if, yeah, I don't know if he's today's answer. Yeah, I agree. Well, here's the thing: he went to two national championships, lost yeah. both of them, but he got there. So yep. uh, that's all that really matters. But an update on today: obviously, we're talking about the um, the game from earlier today, which round of thirty-two. Um, Syracuse, West Syracuse, Virginia. West Virginia. Thank you. The first game this morning was great. We watched it. Yeah, Loyola. Um, but Texas Tech and Arkansas are going at it right now. Arkansas is up 10 with about 10 minutes left to go. Um, and then Houston takes on Rutgers. They're tied right now in the first half. And then Oral Roberts and Florida, which I'm still sticking with Oral Roberts now that I've seen them play. They have the you know, well, le- leading scorer in the nation. And Florida looked not that great against Virginia Tech to me. It was just Trey Mann, and that's about it. I cannot stand that that tall, their center. No, he played great that game, though. I cannot stand it, Well, that. he might be your Crutwig, but he played <laughs> <laughs> he played great against Virginia Tech. I'm just here for the Oral Roberts jokes. I mean, they were <laughs> hilarious. I mean, they, are you talking <laughs> about the toothpaste jokes? <laughs> no, no, this no, ain't Colgate. Colgate. <laughs> I, know, but, I know, but people are saying, like, you know, Oral one. Yeah. Or, yeah, Oral B, Oral B, not bad. But Oral Roberts, uh, <laughs> not not big on my toothpaste brain. <laughs> <laughs> Quite the 15 seed. I, the last 15 seed was, I think we talked about it, but it was, uh, I say it was Middle uh, Tennessee, I believe. Yeah, Middle Tennessee, Michigan State. Where Zendil. was Florida Gulf Coast in that? That They're the one right before it. Okay, all right. So Middle Tennessee, but I mean, and I don't think they won in the round of 32. I actually do believe that Oral Roberts will win this game against Florida today. Well, if they get, what was killing them, what, what was working so well against Ohio State is, Every single one of their players can shoot the ball. And they there was this one play that I was watching where every single one of their guys was behind the arc. And Ohio State had nobody that they could drop off on help side defense. And that point guard is so fast that all you had to do was set a screen for him at the top of the key. And E.J. Liddell or Suing, none of them could catch up for him to him. And it was an easy layup every time because they had to help because Oral Roberts was making so many threes. Their offense, if, if they start doing that again, start hitting threes early, you could see Oral Roberts in the Sweet 16. It'll be scary. 
Uh, and as I just got a notification that uh, Buddy Beheim was talking trash during the win, as he says, I'm a bucket. And for Syracuse, <laughs> they need a, they need a big-time bucket. bucket and a bucket. Uh, we're going to talk about some low seeds uh, in the next segment. But you're listening to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. Talking all things Tapper Sports, you're listening to Red Zone on Revolution 91.7. And welcome back to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. I am your host, Ryan Goodenson, alongside Toy Bowling, Matthew Hargrove, Caden Gaylord, and our lovely reporter, Patrick Carey. We're going to go a, a different way here since all of our brackets have really just been thrown out the water. Um, we're going to talk about the rest of the, the upset teams, um, and we're going to go through who do you think out of is a 10 seed or higher that will make the Final Four. So... Let me just read you who you have to pick from. So you have Ohio, who's a 13 seed. You have UCLA, who's 11. Abilene Christian, who's a 14. Maryland, who's a 10. Uh, North Texas is a 13. Oral Roberts is a 15. Oregon State's a 12. Syracuse, 11. And then Rutgers at, uh, is a 10 seed. Is there anybody that sparks your eye as to who can make a Final Four run, Tori? Um, well, let me look at the paths real quick. I've, I like... Um, the most interesting one is UCLA because they yeah. play Abilene Christian. Yeah. Well, I, I think I like UCLA um, in, well, here, here, if we're picking that. And here, then I also like Syracuse because they, the, all they have to do is go through Houston and maybe like Loyola. Yeah, I guess here's the thing is, do you think Loyola, Chicago, or Oklahoma State's going to win? Let's, let's, I, I let's just say like Oklahoma what? State be, beats Oregon State. Do you think Loyola or Oklahoma State will I kind of like Loyola. Okay, so Syracuse and, and Houston – I mean, Rutgers might pull off the upset, but let's just put Houston. So, obviously, UCLA and Syracuse, out of all the teams that we just mentioned, probably have the best shot. And like you said, it it depends on their arrival to the Final Four, the teams that they're going to play. So, do you like Syracuse against Houston and Loyola Chicago, or do you like UCLA against Alabama and Michigan? Oh, yeah. Definitely Syracuse. UCLA, you're having to beat a two and a one seed. And I know UCLA's been playing well, but the chances of that happening, and then you have Syracuse, they've been shooting the three ball well, playing Houston and Loyola, Chicago, anything can happen there. But also, if there's anybody that could beat that two, three out of those teams, I I think it's Loyola, Chicago. Everybody else has seemed to struggle. If you get around that that mid-range area, you just get suffocated. But I think if there's any team that can – Beat that two three that Syracuse runs. I, I'm I think definitely it's Loyola. rooting for a Loyola Chicago Syracuse Elite Eight game. Give me a shootout. Oh, look, that would be amazing. Look, we're we're treating Loyola like they're just you know some mid team. They're they're a top twenty five team. Really, oh, yeah. they should not have been an eight seed. They should have been something higher. Well, they I mean, were. I, I thought that they towards the end of the season, Caden. I thought they were ranked twenty second in the nation, and then they come out as an eight seed, and then. Speaking of the Pac-12 again, somehow Colorado and USC got into the top 25. They were like 23 and 24, and then Loyola Chicago, I think, was pushed out. I don't know how that happened because it's not like Loyola Chicago lost their conference championship. They won it against a very good team in Drake who got an at-large bid. So, yeah, the fact that Loyola Chicago is an eighth seed is is terrible. When obviously nobody's going to really root for or pick Ohio because they do have to go through Gonzaga at some point if they win. Yeah, no, one, so, no one's going to pick upsets that way. If Ohio was in, you know, UCLA's position or Syracuse position, then, yeah, you're going to look at them. But the the other one is is Oral Roberts, and if if you think they can beat Florida, the next test would be 
Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas. It's in, that's interesting. So it could be a shootout yet again because Oral Roberts loves to run but down the floor. Caden, is there any any specific team? Oh, Sy- Syracuse. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's the only like answer for real. I mean, nobody believes in Oregon State. <laughs> I mean, they're they're, I mean, they're hot. hot. They just they're would hot. have. To, they would just have to go through. You, I mean, Oklahoma State, Loyola, Chicago, and then say I just I love Oregon State. They've been hot, but to go through those three teams. Uh, especially a hot Syracuse. Syracuse is playing just as well as Oregon State yeah. and and Loyola Chicago. I mean, Houston is losing the Rutgers right now. Like, yeah, it's well by one point. Let's not act like. But it's, I mean, still, it's, it's two minutes left in the first half. I, I feel like anything could happen. You you take uh, hey, you guess take what, a top boys? seed tie game at halftime. Anything can happen in that second. You know half. why? Because it's March. There's it nothing March. better than March. Right. Patrick, obviously, other than Syracuse, um, is there any team? Like, do you think North Texas has any than, chance to get other than Syracuse, UCLA, anybody? Just <laughs> well, UCLA, I like. I just haven't heard an argument, you know, for UCLA yeah. as much as I have for for Syracuse. Patrick, no, I, I like Loyola, Chicago, and I like Syracuse too. That's no fun. I, I mean, I'll try. I'll try to make a. I'll try to make an argument. UCLA conference. I didn't even have UCLA winning. They're oh, in. One of the best, con- probably the best conference in college basketball. Anyways, to be going up against yeah. an, a choking like SEC Bill over school there. in Alabama, where it's a football school, and then you have Michigan. They're losing their leading score. I'm not worried about the historic UCLA Bruins getting to the Final Four, and then they're going to play. Oh, Gonzaga, yeah, they they scare me with their zero goose egg national championships. So UCLA, they're probably going to win the national championship, <laughs> and I'm going with the Bruins. Tori. Um, I kind of like uh, I Abilene Christian, honestly. Do you? I do. Over uh, UCLA. I, yeah, I could see it. I mean, I if I if you held a gun to my head, I'm picking UCLA. But I like Abilene Christian because their defense is just so great. I mean, uh, you know, you need somebody to uh, stop um, Johnny Juzang and then the what, Vasquez kids. Jaime Jaime. Hawkes, Jaime Hawkes. Okay, Hawkes. Yeah, I mean, um, that, and then t- Tiger Campbell too. Yeah. UCLA. Those guys, too, they're young. I think Juzang is a junior or sophomore. Sophomore, Hawkes is a junior. Tiger Campbell, their point guard, who was all Pac-12 this year, he's a sophomore as well. So UCLA next year, year, I think they're going to be a pretty good team. Hey, you know what? Give me LSU over Michigan tomorrow. (laughs) I like that. I I I like that that a lot. LSU is the one team that I thought could be a one seed. Uh, Obviously, Loyola Chicago already did it. But out of the eights and nines, I thought LSU would be the one to beat uh, the one seed. But – that is all the time we have for today. Uh, if you were, thank you for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. If you want to go check out us on social media and follow up with the, with the bracket, uh, we are on at WKU Red Zone on Twitter and, and on Instagram. Um, and for myself, Ryan Gooden, Tory Bowling, Matthew Hargrove, and Caden Gaylord, along with Patrick Carey, uh, as always, go, go Tops. Tops.